Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Come on, can you give the Lord one more hand clap of praise today? You may be seated in the house this morning. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, singers. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is where we're going to look at today. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I hope you're having a, have had a good week. And, uh, well, this is, the first, this is the first day of the week. So if you're not having a good week, I, well, at least it's early. <sighs> Things will get better. As you can hear today, we've got, uh, we got work going on over beside us today. Just to let you know, I didn't tell them to work today now. Uh, but uh, the faster they get done, the quicker they get paid. So uh, I guess that's why they're out there working there. Uh, they don't speak English, and I told them today with, uh, uh, luckily, I don't speak Spanish. And I told them, uh, today is Domingo. <laughs> and uh, we're having, I think I said, Iglesias. Is that church? And uh, I said mass. I figured they knew what that was. And uh, <laughs> said vamos, vamos over there, and uh, where we could have our parking. And uh, they understood exactly what I was saying. He said, "Okay, thank you, sir. We'll move." <laughs> All right. <laughs> Should have asked him if he spoke English. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Today, when one gets saved, they are saved from sin. But after we get saved, which is an experience, and it's the greatest experience, then we have to learn how to walk in victory over sin. The, 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 the consequences of sin is death. And, and that's why Jesus died. But now how do we walk in victory over sin? And I, that's what I wanna, I'm going to try to teach on. Uh, I'm going to try to teach it that today. I'm not in, I don't, I don't know if I'll preach or not. I want to get a thought across from you, to you today. So I'm not going to, I'm not trying to wow you today with, and get you stirred up. Um, because I want to make sure I make sense today. Does that make, does that make sense? Um, I can get you fired up and stirred up and run, wanting to run around this building, but I'm more concerned about how you run when you walk out of this building. I want you to walk in victory over sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul is going to talk about, he's going to take us back to a time uh, yeah, where the Israelites are coming out of um, Egyptian bondage and they're, they're spending 40 years in, they spend 40 years in the wilderness and why they spend the 40 years in the wilderness. And uh, so we're going to talk about that today. And Paul's going to bring it to their attention. He's going to say, he's going to tell us that these things they struggled with, these uh, Israelites, the things they had to go through, this is why they went through them and let it serve as a lesson to us. 
Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. If you look back, you'll remember, if you think back, the Israelites, uh, it's a whole miracle how they're brought out of Egyptian bondage. They were slaves. Remember, the Lord split the Red Sea, and they were uh, able to cross over onto dry ground. You remember that? And the Egyptians were swallowed up in the water, and they were drowned. And they are now free from the Egyptians, and the Lord does miracles for the Israelites. He is a cloud by day to, to bring shade to them, keeps the sun off of them, and he's a fire by night. This cloud becomes a pillar of fire by night. God gives them divine power and protection. They ate the same spiritual food. Remember, God provided for them in the wilderness. He provided manna for them. Heavenly bread, they didn't have to worry about what they were going to eat. God provided, and they, they would have worried because they were in a, in a desert. But God provided manna for them. God provided them spiritual drink. The Lord told Moses one day when they were thirsty, he said, Moses, you take this rock, you see this rock here? You take the same staff that you held up over that Red Sea, you take that same staff and you strike that rock. And he said, when you strike that rock, water is going to come out of that rock. And the Bible says that the rock followed them. Water was provided for them those entire 40 years. And there's a gospel story in that. Uh, the gospel story is this. Jesus Christ is the rock. And he was the smitten rock. On the cross, he was smitten. And he provides life and water to us. And if you will come to him, whoever thirsts, come unto me, and I will give them water. If any man thirsts, let him come to me and I'll give him something to drink. So they drank the same spiritual drink. They drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now listen to this. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. So stop right there. Let's think about that. Here God is doing amazing miracles, right? Water's coming out of a rock that's following them. Bread is falling from heaven every time, every morning they wake up. They don't have to worry about what they're going to eat. There's honey buns right there. Everything they need is right there. They complain about the bread and say, we'd really like some protein. Somebody got on a low-carb diet. And then God provides them quail to eat. I mean, this was amazing how God was providing for them. And they had passed through the Red Sea. And the, uh, the cloud of God's glory is following them. Yet, God was not pleased with most of them. And sad to say, that's the facts today. Many of us have passed over the Red Sea. 
We have tasted of this water that God gives us through Jesus Christ. We have been baptized, if you will, in in this Red Sea. We've come out. The glory of God, we have experienced Him. But here's the facts. God is not pleased with most of us. Is that okay? Is that all right? And I wrote in my Bible that God is not pleased. And what, what is that talking about? We may have had these wonderful experiences, but we are not walking in victory. In other words, sin has dominion over our lives. And you know, we can ignore it. I, 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 I tell people, you'll never be, most people will never be free from the bondage of sin. Because they'll never be honest. We create a culture in, our, in, in church where we want to act like we've got it all together. And that we don't struggle with anything. We don't have any bondage. And that's exactly what it is. It's bondage. Sin is bondage. Let me ask you this. You don't have to answer. You don't have to shake your head. I'll just ask. Is there an area in your life that you're not walking in victory in? Is there? Now, is there a way we can walk in victory? Or, 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 or has just the Lord gave us these amazing experiences for us to live in the wilderness all our life? See, there, the Israelites, when they were delivered from Egypt, from the bondage of slavery, it wasn't God's will for them to spend 40 years wandering around in the wilderness But that's where most of us are at. We get saved. And it's real. It is real. It don't take a whole lot on your part to get saved, by the way. You place your faith in Christ. And Christ, God, has given you this faith to place in Him. And He draws you. And you just place your faith in Him. You're saved. You've experienced the glory. You've crossed over the Red Sea. God doesn't want us to come from death to life into a wilderness. You say, well, why did they have to spend 40 years in the wilderness? Because God had to work some things out of them. He said most of them, they were not, God was not pleased with. And did you know there were only two of that generation that seen the promised land? Forty years. Why 40 years? He, that was the longest funeral. They had to wait 40 years for all these people to die off because the Lord said, I'm not pleased with you. And you will not, this generation will not see the promised land. There was only two. Remember, the, remember Moses sent out 12 spies? Are y'all okay? Are y'all with me this morning? He sent out 12 spies. Go look into the promised land. Go look into the land. See what it looks like. And the Bible says that 10 came back and said, Oh, Lord, you don't, we don't need to go over there. Why? Well, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. There's giants over there. We look like little grasshoppers compared to them. It's terrible. He said, well, didn't I send 12? I hear all all 10 of them had the same story. He said, but didn't I send 12? 
Where's them? Where's that Joshua and Caleb at? They come walking down the trail, and the Bible says they got grapes. They got grapes all in their mouth. They got grape juice running down their mouth. Smiling. The ten of them, they sad, defeated, depressed, discouraged. Not Joshua and Caleb. Uh-uh, they, they got grapes. I'm talking about they, I mean, they're happy. Got grapes all in their mouth, all in their teeth. They said, well, what, where y'all been? You won't believe it. Moses, this is the most amazing place we have ever seen. Look here. Look at the grapes, the size of my fist. I'm talking about this is a place of milk and honey and grapes. I've never been. Yeah, but what about the giants? What about the giants? We can we can take the giants. We're able to go out and take this country. I know we can do it. See, what was that? What was that? That was faith. And the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. What did he say? What that, what that scripture say? It said most of them were unpleasant to the Lord. It says that they, most of them did not please God because once they got saved. Now, let's bring it to this new covenant. Once they got saved. Well, how do you get saved? You're saved by grace through faith. But how do you live this life? Because you, you're dead. Before you get saved, you're dead in your sins and your trespasses. But when you put your faith in Christ, you pass from death to life. Are you okay? Now, how do I live in a life that I've never lived before? How do I live a life that's pleasing? God. Now let me ask you this. If you're saved, don't you want to live a life that's pleasing to God? Don't you want to live a life where you're not bound by sin? Let me ask you this. Does your sin bother you? Because see, there are some people who say, just ignore it. So we're always trying to figure out a way to live in victory. And some, some preachers will say, ignore your sin. Your sin is dead. It's gone. It's erased. So just ignore it. You sin, just don't, matter, don't worry about it. Well, let me, think, let me ask you this. Does that work with my wife? Husbands, does that work? If you sin against your wife, if you do something that's not good, like uh, I know y'all don't do anything wrong, but like uh, you don't take out the trash when you're supposed to or you have an outburst of anger, Y'all ain't never done that. Zach, never? Golly. Josh, you ain't never done that? Always do it. Always do it. All right. <laughs> Ten liars and two people who told the truth. Sounds familiar. Well, guess what? You don't just ignore it and say, well, you know, I, I would apologize, but heck, we're married. We made a covenant to each other. She'll just have to get over it. 
All the divorced men did that. <laughs> that ain't what you do, is it? Ain't what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go and say, I'm sorry. I done this. Please forgive me. And you know what? Because your wife loves you, guess what she does? She forgives you, right? Doesn't hold it against you, right? Doesn't bring it back to, uh, uh, against you, right? No, they love you. Now, if we do that in a human relationship, shouldn't we do that with God? Right? But people, now, but preachers say just ignore sin now. Not all of them, not most of them. Some of them, though. This is a grace revolution where you just don't, you just don't worry about it. Here's the thing. We've got to deal with it. And here's why. Verse 6. Now these things took place as examples for us so that we will not desire evil things as they did. Don't become idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and they got up to party. Let us not commit sexual immorality as some of them. And in a single day, 23,000 people died. This is all in that wilderness. Let us not test Christ by grumbling and complaining as some of them did. And they were destroyed by snakes. Don't complain as some of them did. And they were killed by the destroyer. These things happened to them as examples. And they were, are y'all listening now? And they were written for our instruction on whom the end of the ages have come. So whoever thinks he stands, be careful. Understand you are vulnerable. Vulnerable to what? To the great fall. Here's the thing. Sin, the consequences of sin spiritually are taken. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he bore all that pain, that shame, that death. But here's the facts. When we get saved, we have to walk in victory. We can't go back into sin and just... And there's some people say, well, I'm under grace. Well, here's the thing. Grace doesn't teach you to sin. Grace teaches you to live righteously and soberly. But grace only has the power in your life when you say, listen, I can't do this thing. See, what happened to the Israelites are, is, is when they, this is what happened, when they were delivered from Egyptian bondage, they went back to thinking, we can do this. I can do this. See, look, look at the word sin, S-I-N. I don't think it's any mistake that the letter in the middle of that is I. 
And you can find, when you find yourself in sin, I got you there. Not I, you. You got you. You get what I'm saying? I wanted this. I decided I wasn't, I, I, you know, I was going to get the last word in. And I, when you see yourself in the mess that sin brings, realize God didn't do that. It wasn't the other person's fault. It was I. They begin to say things like, we had it better in Egypt. They begin to say, begin to complain. God wasn't working like they thought he should work. And they, become to, they begin to worship other gods. They committed idolatry. Sexual immorality. I want this. I need this. I should have this. And when our focus is on I, when focus is on self, we begin to see sin in our lives. I mean, not just a little bit, a lot. Because there has been a revival of you instead of a revival of him. And can I remind you, you has always been the problem. Paul would say in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, I have been crucified. Me. I'm the problem. But I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but it's not I who lives in me anymore. It's Christ who lives in me. And this life that I now live, I live by, here it is, faith. He said, most of y'all are living a life that is not pleasing to God, Paul said. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let me say it like this. Faith in the right thing. Because when faith is in you, I can overcome this thing. I can overcome this addiction. I can overcome these outbursts of anger. I can overcome this. I can overcome that. And you can't. But when your faith is in him, when your faith is in Jesus, when your faith is in Christ and what he has done, understanding that he done everything that needed to be done, that you're not struggling. Listen, what if I told you your struggle ain't with sin? If you are fighting with sin, you're fighting the wrong person. Your fight is a fight of faith. The Word tells us we don't fight with sin. We don't struggle against sin. We struggle with keeping our faith in Christ and what He has done for us. And this is what it looks like. When you got, if there's an area in your life, probably not, but probably in your neighbor's life, the person you're sitting beside, probably not you, but them. There's an area in your life where you're not walking in victory. 
And it's not because you're not trying hard. You're trying hard because you're saved and you hate sin and you hate what it does to the heart of God, but you do not know how to walk in victory. And let me tell you this, the Pentecostals think that you can lay hands on everybody and everything and it does, that's the cure-all. And I'm telling you, it's not. If you got to struggle with sin, you can come down here and I can pray with you. I can grease you down till you'll slide through a keyhole. But I cannot cast the flesh out of you. And you can't pray it out. And you can't speak in tongues enough for it to get out. You have to faith it out. Not fake it out. Faith it out. Because it is impossible to live in victory. It is impossible to please God without proper faith. Pastor, where should I put my faith? You should put your faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you. When he said on the cross, it is finished. He meant every knee shall bow. Every sin has to bow. Every addiction has to be broken. You can walk in total victory. Just believe in me. It's by faith. It's by faith. You know, we get saved. There's nothing greater that can happen in our lives the moment we get saved. Nothing greater that can happen at that moment than that moment. And the same way you get saved is the same way you walk in victory. It's by grace through faith. And and that's what Paul said. Paul said in Galatians chapter 3, he said, you started in the Spirit... Are you so stupid now that you are going to finish in the flesh? Well, think about that just for a moment. And that's what we all do. We get saved by grace through faith. But then we think, okay, now I'm saved. Ooh, I got this. I got it. Hallelujah, I'm saved. I got it. Praise the Lord. I got, I, and you ain't got it. You ain't got it. You never had it. God took it out away from you. You surrendered it to him. Why do you think now you can do it yourself? When you came to Christ, well, you didn't have it. You surrendered it. Your life is not your own anymore. You've been bought with a price. And the same way you got saved and you had the will, but you didn't have no power. But once you place your faith in Christ, if you got a will, there became a way. And he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. And you don't have, in your flesh, you think flesh is my, is your will, your, your willpower and strength and ability. You don't have enough willpower. You don't have enough strength. You don't have the talent and ability to live in victory over sin. And that's why God sent his son Jesus. But if you keep your faith in Christ, this is what happens. When your faith is in Jesus... Just like a child is dependent upon their parents, you've got to be dependent. That little baby Heidi's got. That baby doesn't think, well, who's going to feed me? When he gets older, it's not going to say, I wonder if daddy, I wonder if mama's going to feed me. I wonder if I'm going to be taken care of. No, because they're good parents and that's never going to cross their mind. They're dependent upon. That child is not thinking, maybe I've got to make my bottle today. It believes mama's going to come with a bottle. It doesn't worry. It's completely, totally dependent upon the parent. 
what do we do? We make it independent, don't we? Right when that, I've watched Holly give birth to two children through C-section. Wow. That's wild, by the way. I, don't, I still today don't know if they put everything back in her that they took out. I didn't even know what it was. And she'd say, is everything good? And I'd say, mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, God, help her, Lord. There's, that's got to be a, some kind of vital organ laying over there. And I've, I've watched her give birth. And you know what they do? They take the child right after that child's born. You know what they do? You know what they do? They, right after that child's born, they take the very thing from that child that was giving them nutrients. They snap the umbilical cord, right? And then they stick a bottle in its mouth. And then the child gets used to a bottle or that whatever it's being fed. And then a couple years later, you snatch the bottle out of his mouth. You bring him food, right? Eventually you tell him, when they get a little older, hey, I think you could get a snack out of the cabinet if you want something to eat, right? And then they get a little older, you, you mess them all up. They've been spending every day with you. And you look at them one day and say, hey, I hate to tell you this, but we're fixing to send you off. And you're going to be gone eight hours a day. And don't come back until they tell you you can come back. And then they get a little older and we say, hey, you like, you like, you like driving? Yeah, well, you better get a job. Well, that's how it was in my house. So you had to go get a job. And then you get out of high school and you got to make some decisions. And not one of the decisions was you can stay at home and do nothing. And that wasn't one of them. That was not an option. And then when they move out and they fly away, eventually you say, we've done a great job. They're independent. They're successful. They're independent. Wow. But that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. I mean, that's how it works in the world, and that's, that's great. Success is independence. But in the kingdom of God, Walking in victory and being pleasing to the Lord is dependence upon Him. Do you hear what I'm saying? To walk in victory over sin. And the Bible says, by the way, some of you think, well, this is just how I am. And this, I'm always going to struggle in this area of my life. But that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says that sin shall not have dominion over you. Because you're not under the law, but you're under grace. And you can walk in victory over sin. Not because you've read your Bible, five chapters out of your Bible this morning, you dare the devil to mess with you. Mm -mm. Reading the word is wonderful. You won't even know what to place your faith in if you don't read God's word. But to live in victory and a life that's pleasing to God, 
your faith must be solely and completely like a child dependent. How, how, do you, how, how, do, how do you make this applicable, Pastor? How do I do that? You get up every morning and you say, I cannot do this by myself today. Go ahead and get honest with God. Lord, I cannot walk in victory today over sin in my own strength, in my own ability, in my own power. I can't do it. I need you today. It's just that simple. I've got to have you today. And you say, well, is sin a big deal? Won't I go to heaven? You might go to heaven, but you're going to miss out God's best. Because God's best wasn't the wilderness. Where was God's best? The promised land. You say, well, yeah, I know, Pastor, but I've had all these experiences. Be careful. Because the fall will be hard. Yeah, but I've crossed the Red Sea and I've experienced the glory of God. Let me say, I've been in some good services, Pastor. Whoa, I speak in tongues, Pastor. Whoa, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Whoa, wow. And you will fall flat on your sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized tail. She said, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. You will. If your faith is in your experience. Because let me tell you, I've done been living this life long enough to know you ain't always going to feel saved. Some days I don't feel saved. Feel. I know I am. Faith, but I don't feel like I am. Anybody else want to raise their hand and be honest today? So your experience ain't going to bring you through. Listen, there's some glorious times as I've been in worship, led worship, led, been in worship with other people are leading. I felt like all of heaven fell all around me. Here I am in the presence of angels and the prophets of old and God himself. But on Monday, Sunday, I heard God shouting at me. Monday, he didn't even have my number. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So how good is your experience going to do then? We walk by faith and not sight. Sight is one of the senses, is it not? Sight. Uh, smell, touch, taste. He said, you don't walk by that because that will fool you. That, that, if you think your victory are, is in those things, there's going to be a day when you ain't going to feel those things. And all you're going to have is all that you're going to need. And that's faith. Faith in Christ and what he has done. Let me go back to this. What, how do I apply this in my life? You get up every morning. 
and sometimes throughout the day and say, I cannot do this. You know, Paul said, he instructed us to do something in Hebrews. No? Yes. Well, we don't know if it was Paul or not. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. Most people think it was Paul. Whoever it was said, lay aside every weight and the sin. That word, the there is important. That, that in the English language is called the, a definite article. The. That impressed some of y'all? That's the only reason I said it, to impress y'all. Yeah, that's it. That's it. The. <laughs> sin. It didn't say, and lay aside sin. It said, the sin. Why? Because every one of us has a the sin in our lives. You know what I'm talking about? In your mind right now, did you think about it? The the sin, it might be pride, maybe envy, it might be jealousy, it may be outward things that people see. See, here's the thing. The people who don't say, I, the people, a lot of the people who say, I don't have a, but I don't have a the sin. No, you just, your the sin ain't showing to everybody. Because it's internal. You're good at hiding it. You, you're good at showing your these sin out when you're by yourself or in your closet or when you're alone by, you know, it just, it ain't outward like constant. Then we look at other people who maybe their problem is drug addiction or alcoholism or one of these. And you look down on them and think, yeah, well, they got a these sin. But you know what? We all have a the sin. In our lives. And he said, lay aside every weight and the sin. How, how do I identify this, the sin? Which so easily trips you up. You want to identify a the sin in your life? It's the one that trips you up. And you know right where it's at. It's one thing. Boy, I have, anybody ever got up at night and slammed their toe into your bed or dresser? I said, oh, Lord, thou art who are Jehovah Rapheka, my healer. <laughs> Touch my toe in Jesus' name. What do you think I said? <laughs> You've ever smashed your toe into something and you knew it was there? Ain't that aggravating? Not only is your foot throbbing and you're, you are asleep, and, and you're, oh, my, it's terrible. And you're mad because you knew it was there. That's how the, the sin is. You run into it and you're mad because you knew it was there. Mm, I'm teaching good now. You knew it was there. It's not something strange to you. And you keep on running into it. For some of you, it could be unforgiveness. And you know it's there. And you know it's in your life, but you just don't want to deal with it because you don't want to give them the pleasure thinking you're getting them off the hook. But forgiveness is not for them. Forgiveness is for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
We all have this thing. And there's only one way to expose the light. Just to see it for what it is. It said, lay aside every weight and these sin, which so easily ensnares us, trips us up, traps us. Here it is. Looking unto Jesus. That speaks of faith. I'm setting my focus. I'm setting my gaze. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. In other words, the one who started it. Are you so foolish you're starting in the spirit that you're going to finish in the flesh? The one who started it, Jesus. The author and the finisher. I'm going to finish. I started in faith and I'm going to finish in faith. And I'm not going to finish short in the wilderness. But I'm going to be like Joshua and Caleb with grapes in my mouth, looking at the giants like David, I'm about to preach now, with his head cut off. I'm not going to finish in defeat, but I'm going to finish in victory. I'm not going to finish with sin having dominion over me, but I'm going to finish in victory. I'm going to finish standing on Goliath with my eyes on Christ. I'm going to finish in a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to finish. I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to fall short in the wilderness. I'm not going to wander in the wilderness like my life don't have purpose. I'm going to finish. And I'm going to finish where God has destined me to finish. I'm going to finish experiencing and walking in all that God has provided for me. I'm going to finish victorious over sin. All of it. You say, Pastor, you're talking about sinless perfection? Mm-mm. I'm talking about sinless progression. Where the, the, the sin this year ain't going to be my the sin next year. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I might still have a the sin, but it ain't going to be the same one. The Lord is going to show me some things I didn't even, wasn't even convicted about. He's going to say, now, now we're going to get this out. And the same way you, the same way you got victory over that mountain is the same way you're going to get victory over this mountain. See, what we're talking about now is growth. Growing in the grace of Christ. What we're talking about is a theological term called sanctification, which means acting more like Jesus. Picking up things we never thought we could pick up. Grace and love and forgiveness and laying things down that we didn't think we could live without. I want you to look at me real good. Don't you want to walk in victory? Don't you want to walk in victory? I've never met someone who's truly saved that said, I don't want to live a life pleasing to God. I want to go out and raise some hell. Pastor, no. I've had way too many people, though, sit across from my, in my office that tell me with hot tears running down their face, 
I hate what I'm doing, but I don't know how to stop it. Two thousand seventeen, I preached my last sixteen. I preached my last message, skating around that. Because see, the answer for that person is, for a lot of a lot of people, the answer to them is. Well, you ain't really saved. Because if you was really saved, then you wouldn't want to do that. That is bull. Uh, yeah. Bull, bull crap. It is. And the person who says that, they don't know their Bible. And they don't have nothing to give that person. Because if that's the case, then ain't none of us in here. None of us in here saved. When I was a sinner, you think I would have come to somebody with tears running down my face and say, I want to stop doing this, but I don't know how. When I was a sinner, I didn't care how it made God feel. If there is a sign of one who's been saved, it's a broken heart over sin. And when they come to us and they come to me, we've got to give them something. What you don't give them is just try harder. Really? That person is trying as hard as they can. And they're failing. And we tell them to try harder. The answer is not trying harder. Never has been, never will be. The answer is trusting more. Trusting more. Trusting him more because the more you keep your faith in Christ what happens is don't forget that this thing is bigger than you he gives you the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and it begins to work in your life and then you can begin to do things you didn't think you could do the Holy Spirit will work in you to do things you could not do for yourself but it doesn't happen when you're trying harder because the Holy Spirit's gonna say okay you want to try harder go ahead I'm gonna back off you do it Paul said, I was apart, separated from the law. And when I was, I had, oh, I had life. He said, but then when I, I, I had some struggle in my life and I reverted back to the law, and when I did, sin revived in me. Paul said this, when I tried harder, I sinned more. But when I trusted him, sin died. And I, I, I lived. That means I was, I'm alive. I'm walking in victory. You say, Pastor, why would you preach this today? Because I want you to be able to walk in victory. Because condemnation, shame, and guilt sucks. Does it not? When you're failing over and over and over again and Satan is accusing you, well, you ain't even really saved. Most people cannot handle that. By the way, you want to know why people get in church and they get out? Now, if you want to say, well, they really didn't get saved, you keep on thinking that. But the fact is, they're morally decent people. Satan comes in and they begin, Satan begins to say, see, you're sinning. 
You're sinning, you're doing those. Ain't nobody in that church doing what you do. Anybody ever heard Satan say that? You're struggling, there ain't nobody else struggling. And you said you wouldn't even go to church because church was full of hypocrites. And now look at you, you're a hypocrite. And you know what they say? They say, the last thing I want to do is be a hypocrite. And they say, I'm not doing this thing. But people who love God and hate sin, yet they find themselves in the bondage of sin, they're not hypocrites. Mm -mm. They are not hypocrites. They love the Lord. They just need somebody to teach them and show them how to walk in victory. And it's the same way for me as it is for you. You as it is for you. It's by getting our faith and our focus back on Christ and what he's done. Stand with me all across the building. Musicians and singers, you guys can come up. I want everybody to look at me. I told you you'll never be. Mo I'm going to echo the words of Paul. Most people will never be pleasing to God. I didn't say they wouldn't be saved. They won't be pleasing. And I think one of the things that keeps us from being pleasing to God is Pride, admitting that we ain't got it all together. So I want everybody to look at me. Not look at the person to the left of you or to the right of you. Not, don't even take them into consideration right now. You act like it's just me, you, and Jesus in the room. I want to ask you a question. Is there an area in your life? Let me say it like this. Did this message touch a part of your life today? That you would say, Pastor, this spoke to me today and I, I need to apply this truth to my life today. I'll say it like that. If you say, Pastor, that's me. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me. You say, why'd you do that? Because it's, it takes faith. It takes honesty. Did you notice I raised my hand? Because, see, I know this, but it's not even enough to know it. The Bible says you have to take up your cross daily. Deny yourself. Remember that I is the problem. He is the answer. And it's an everyday, sometimes moments of the day when I wants to have a resurrection. No, you're dead. I'm living this life by faith. If you got a V sin in your life today, I wish I could lay hands on you and, 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 and 
That's an experience. And it's wonderful. It can start there. Let me explain that. It can start there. Just like they crossed the Red Sea. Just like they experienced manna. It starts there. But what about the next day? Then it's a walk of faith. It's a walk. Am I making sense to anybody in here today? say, Pastor, I want to walk in that victory. Well, then we're going to pray today. We're going to all pray today. And I'm going to pray today because I know how to pray this prayer. I don't want to sound arrogant today, but I know how to pray this prayer. And what you're going to say today, if that's, if you're in agreement with that, then you're going to say, at the end of the prayer, Amen. That means I'm in agreement. That means, okay, yes, amen. Is that f- fair enough? Father, we have heard this truth today, and it is the gospel. It is truth. Every one of us, including me, have a the sin in our lives. And Father, the, the sin of my life is bigger than me. It's bigger than my ability. It's bigger than my, my strength and my willpower. God, I don't in myself have the power to walk victorious over this thing in my life. But Father, over 2,000 years ago, the same death that brought my salvation is the same death that gives me victory over sin. And Father, today, I set my focus and my faith, not in me, but back on you, God. And Father, I believe as my faith, as I'm dependent upon you like a child, that Father, your Holy Spirit is going to begin to work in my life, not as I try harder, but as I trust you more. Your Holy Spirit is going to work in my life, and I'm going to be able, begin to be able to let go of things I didn't think I could let go. To pick up things that, that, that I didn't think I could pick up. To walk in victory over sin. God, it's not going to be. God, I'm going to have to continue to do this and keep my faith in you because my fight is not a fight of sin. It's a fight of faith. And Lord, I'm going to make sure my faith is in you. And as I do, as I do, I can consider myself dead to sin and alive unto Christ. That victory is mine and I can walk in victory. Now Lord, my faith is in you and your finished work today and I give you praise. I give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Amen? Amen. Come on, can you give God praise today? I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget what we've got going on this week. Tuesday night, we've got prayer. Monday night, new believers. God bless you. Uh, I'll see you this weekend, maybe at Swamp Fest. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.